you know we have our 12 pillars that we go through each month that we teach a different subject and this month the subject is a supernatural and many people when they hear the word supernatural or the concept of the supernatural they think it's for someone else and not for them they think it's for the ones that are the pastors, the teachers, and the prophets. However, Jesus Christ made it plainly clear that every believer is to walk in the supernatural. However, in order to walk in the supernatural, there is one thing, one thing that you need to know. One thing. And that is who you are. If you don't know who you are, you will be unable to walk in the supernatural because you have not realized what has been given to you. You have not realized what the, the blood of Jesus Christ did for you. And in not realizing that as a king, you walk as a pauper. As a God in the earth, you walk as many of the church today, they are scared. They're afraid of anything that moves, that does not align with their philosophy. But ladies and gentlemen, when we understand who we are, who God has made us, and it really becomes a reality. You see, in churches, uh, for instance, today, there are many people that will hear that God is good, God can do all this, but it's just not a reality. What it is is something that we do on Sundays and we shout about it. But when Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday arrive, what do we do? We quiver. But this body will not be ones that quiver because we know who we are. We know who we are. We know we are kings. We know. Jesus said, the scripture says, ye are gods. And then he goes on to say, and the scripture cannot be broken, which means it cannot lie. It cannot be changed. So therefore, we need to really Every moment of the day, say, this is who I am. This is what God has made me. And because this is what God has made me, I will walk and talk as God. That concept has made many in the church just quiver because they don't want to believe the reality of what we have been made. I am a God, not in my own. I've been made a God because of what our Lord has done. This is what he has made me. 
And because he has made me, I'm standing firm in what he has made me. And I'm not a God against others. I'm a God against the principalities and powers of the the air. Jesus Christ came. It says in, in, in 1 John 3 and 8 that he came to destroy. Not men and women, but to destroy the works of the enemy. And that's who we fight against because we fight in uh, uh, our warfare is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principality. And that's who we are God of those principalities. But if you don't realize that. You will walk as if you're nothing. You would say to yourself, I'm nothing. When in fact, you in this earth. Are a God. So let's look at the scripture. And so, you know, that was my introduction. Didn't plan on introducing like that, but that's the introduction this morning. Let's look at First John, and I'm sorry, St. John's. John 1, 11 through 13. It says, he came to the very people he created, to those who should have recognized him, but they did not receive him. But those who embraced and took hold of his name were given authority to become the children of God. He was not born by the joining of human parents or from natural means or by a man's desire, but he was born of if, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you were then recreated and born a God. Your spirit has been recreated. And because the spirit is you, is the real you, you are a God. You're not a wimp. You are a God. How does this tie with the supernatural? Because if you are a God, everything around you now becomes natural when you operate as a God. It doesn't become something that's out of the norm. It becomes normal for you to operate as God when you are God. And then that's natural. Just as how a bird flies because it's natural. We do not fly and we say that's kind of supernatural because they can do it and I can't do it. But to them, this is what I do. And it's easy. But you see, when we think of the bird, when it's born, it doesn't realize that it can fly. When you become born again, at the beginning, you don't realize that you're a god. You just know something has changed. But over time, that bird recognizes something is different from the people that are walking by. He realizes that he has wings. 
and in strengthening the wings, he's able to flap those wings and soar. You have wings of the spirit of Almighty God in you. So therefore, you can soar. But we need to know. We need to operate. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm being emphasize, emphasizing this enough so you can think and know every moment of the day. You are a God. Every moment of the day, you're a Christ-like God. Because of what he has done. It says in the 12th verse, but those who embraced him and took hold of his name, take hold of his name means to believe all that he represents and put into practice what is taught in the power of his name. See, we're not a God in our own name and in our own ability, but it's in his Ability And many so in the body of Christ, they talk about the ability of God, but they don't talk about the ability of God in them. So therefore, it's become something way out where you cannot reach. But ladies and gentlemen, the divine nature of God resides in you. When you become born again, when you accept him, the divine nature of the heavenly father is in you. Keep thinking and meditating on that. The divine nature of the one that created the universe, the one that said, let there be light and light is still going on today. That's on the inside of you. He said it's given us, in the 12th verse, given us authority to become the children of God in the NLT, in the King James Version. It says the sons of God. That word sons there is the Greek word technon. And technon is, is when, when you accept him, this, this is now what he has begotten, you. So you are being birthed. You are birthed by embracing his name. And the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed. Technon expresses of expressive of a being receiving its life and nature from another. In the same manner as a child does a parent. If you have a child, that child has your DNA. And if it has your DNA, he or she can do what you can do. And they get, once you teach them how to do what you do. Because they don't, they don't, they're not born knowing what to do. But they have to be taught. They have to be disciplined. They have to understand what needs to be done to be just as their father. No different in the kingdom of God. So now let's turn to Galatians 4. One through seven. Galatians four, one through seven says, Now I say, 
that the heir, as long as he's a child, differs not nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. That word child there is another Hebrew word, nephios. Nephios is, means an infant, a simple-minded person, an immature Christian, or a babe. So now we're going to be looking at the stage, the stages of, of your life as a, as a born-again believer. You were birthed by God, and after your birth, then you are now a child. Non-speaking, don't know exactly what to do, even though it says here, you are Lord of all. You're an heir. So the third verse of Galatians 4 says, but even though you're Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed by the father, even so we. Even so, we, when we were nephews, when we were children, we were in bondage. That word bondage is, is the Greek word doulos, which means a slave. So even though you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, even though you are a God in the earth, because you are a child and not understanding what has been given to you, it is as if you are a slave. And how many today in the body of Christ, even though they're an heir, even though they are Lord, they are still yet a slave. They're a slave to the things that are around them. They're a slave to the elements around them. They're a slave to the, to the works of the enemy in their lives. But after today, you're going to know what it is to be a God in the earth, walking in a supernatural way that becomes natural to you. And others will see you. And you know what? When others see you walking that, they're going to think you're arrogant. They're going to say, who do you think you are? I'm a son of God. Therefore, I am a God. I've been made a new creation in him, not in myself. And I'm just saying what his word says. And his word says... To them that have received him, to them he has given the authority to become a child, a son of God. And as I was born a son of God, now I'm, I'm more mature now. So I know who I am. So now I'm speaking of who I am in him. Everything is in him. The scripture says in him we move. In him we live. In him we have our being. In him we have everything. But you must daily recognize that so that it becomes a reality in your life. That every day, 
Every moment of the day, I am a God in this earth. Every moment of the day, I have authority over principalities and powers and rulers of darkness as well. I have the authority because of Jesus Christ in me and nothing else because of who he is in me. This is what I am. I am a God in the earth. Psalms 82 said, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. But then he, he says, how long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? He said for us as gods in the earth, defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needed. Rid them out of the hands of the wicked one. Why? Because they know not. Neither do they understand. He says, all the foundation of the earth are out of course. I have said, you are God. He said, you are God. So we are to defend the poor and fatherless from the hands of the enemy, from the ones that Jesus came to destroy their works. And rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, he destroyed their works because at the resurrection, he said, all power, not some, not a few. All power is given to me. And if it's given to me, he is now given it to us. Because now we become the representation of him in the earth. Just as how when he walked in the earth, he said to, 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 to Peter, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. When we walk as the way he has designed us to walk and people see us, when they see us, they will say, I see God in you. Why? Because he is in me. He is in me. We are to make a difference in this world. Just as how Jesus, when he walked in the earth, he made a difference. He made a difference because he did not allow circumstances. He didn't allow the Pharisees and Sadducees to, to, to bring him in depression. He did not allow the things around him to weigh him down. Why? Because he said, I do only what I see his father doing. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the only way you can see what the father is doing and what the father wants you to do, you must spend time with him. No other way. No other way. We must spend time in the presence of our Father so the, so the Father can give us the instructions we need to walk as a God. So many of the reasons why we are not walking as gods is because we have not come in his presence and said, Lord, what do I need to do today to, to demonstrate your power in the earth? Give me the instructions. That I need. The scripture says in some, the steps of a good man, they are ordered. Now comes the question. You answer it for yourself. Are my steps being ordered by him? Comes the question. How much time am I spending in his presence? How much time am I spending Asking him, what is it need to, you need to do today? 
How should I walk today? Where should I go today? Or do we just roll out of bed, get dressed, get to work, work, come back home, maybe turn on the television and do this and that. And then before you go to bed, you say, Lord, I thank you for this day. That is not time with him. And get it out of your mind, I spend quality time. Quality time is just a forest for people that say they don't want to spend quantity time. You cannot spend five minutes a day in the presence of God and say you are spending quality time. That is not quality. But when you develop quantity of time, it develops into quality. If you're in a relationship, in order to get to know the person, if you say to that person, okay, I'm going to spend five minutes with you today and five minutes with you two days from now and say to that person, this is quality time, they know what they will say to you? Hit the road, Jack. Because a relationship is not developed that way. A relationship is developed when you spend quality and quantity of time. And so, the quantity and the quality of time is in prayer and the word. And I'm going to ask you another question that you think of. This past week, how many quality and quantity of time have you spent with the Father? Is your quantity and quality of time more on the television? Facebook? Instagram? And all the others that goes along with that. When you line up the time, if you spend four hours a day on television... And in five days, that's 20 hours. And in that five-day period, you spend 10 minutes with, the, with, with, with your Heavenly Father. You will not know who you are. You will know a lot about the other stuff. Which gives nothing for you. Because all that will pass away. But your quality and your quantity of time with the Father is what's important. That's the most important thing in your day, ladies and gentlemen, is to spend time with him. Lionel Harris years ago had a, a song, I miss my time with you. Those moments, those moments each day. He said, I need to be with you. I need to be with you. He said, how can you serve me if your spirit is empty? And he says, there's a longing in my heart, wanting more than just a part of you. I miss my time with you. How can you serve him? How can you walk as a God if you have not spent time with the one that made you a God? And in making you the God, you're able to walk in the supernatural. 
So the body of Christ these days are doing all these other things, all these other things, except for what is really the most important thing. And we see the result. One result. I'm, I'm off my topic, so I'm on topic, but not the way I planned it to go. One result we see in this year, 2020, with this epidemic that, that came on the land. And so many churches and Christians quiver. They quiver. They quiver on the, the unseen. Because they didn't realize or they refused to realize what his word says. The one that for years you may say he can do all things. He can do this. He can do that. But when the time comes for you to stand in the liberty where he has set you free. You quiver under those things that the, the government say something and you agree with everything they say. Not saying that you're bad, but you also need to know what the word says. And what the word says, no evil shall befall me. Neither shall any play, any. What, did he, what does any mean? Any play come nigh me. But here's the thing. You can only stand in that. When you know who you are. You can only stand in that when you have been in the presence of almighty God. And he said, stand firm. Because the wicked fears. Proverbs uh, 20, 29, 25. The wicked fears. But those that trust in the Lord shall be, shall be safe. You still have Christians even now. They, they, I, I saw one, one, one Christian person, they had double mask. How much, and, and, they, and, and they call that being reasonable and following what the guidelines of the, the government says. The guidelines of the government says one thing, but what did, what did Peter say? Who shall I obey? Who? So you that are sitting here today are different because you know who you are. You know who you are. And you're going to do what the word says, no matter what anybody else says. What does the word say? What does he say? His word says in Psalm, my covenant, I will not break. Neither will I alter the things that comes out of my mouth. He does not alter it. Once he says it, it is settled. But does it become settled in your heart that it's true and that he will perform his word? Will he perform his word? And now when he performs his word, that's natural to you. That's natural. The divine nature in you makes that natural. So therefore, the word must become first place and first thing in our lives. Because it's only only the word will bring you through 
all in every situation. So we're still back at uh, Galatians 4. Still at Galatians 4. And it says, looking at the third verse, even so, when we were children, we were in bondage or enslaved under the elements of the world. Under the elements of the world. Under the elements of the world. Under the elements of the world because you didn't know who you are. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. Now we have a different Greek word for the word son there. It's a Greek word, heos. Jesus was never called a technon or an ephios. He is called the heels, the mature son of God. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. When we look at Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, he says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Verse 5 says, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive adoption of sons. Adoption of sons. What's an, what's an adoption? An adoption is when you take a child, a child is in this instance, a child that's not a part of your family, and you take them and bring them into your family. That's an adoption. You have placed them here. So God has placed me in Godship. And when he placed me in this Godship, now I become a son. Now I become his family, a part of his family. So we have the adoption of sons. But the sons that, that he's talking about is not... Technon or Nephios is Helios, a mature son, because it's a mature son that's able to understand that he's an heir. It's a mature son that's able to know what he has as being a, an heir. So now, It says, wherefore thou art no more servant or slave. You are no more a doulos. You are no more a slave under the elements of the world. You are now a son. Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir, heir of God through Jesus Christ. Don't leave here today without making this known in your heart that you are a son of God. That you are a mature son of God that knows you are heirs according to the promise 
through Jesus Christ, knowing that you are a God in this earth and that when you speak his word, God moves into action. His word says he makes haste to perform. But the only way that he's going to perform is if you speak it. And so many times we speak the problem rather than the word. We speak the downfall as opposed to what the word brings up. Your conduct gives evidence of the dignity, or in this word, the seriousness of your relationship and your likeness to his character. I'll read that one more time. Your conduct gives evidence of the dignity of your relationship and your likeness to his character. His character. That's what we're after. We're not after our own character. We're after his character. What is the character of God? What does he do? What does he say? How does he move? And so in Romans 8, 14, 8, 5 through 14 says, those who are dominated by sinful things, thinking, by sinful nature, think about sinful things. Now comes, we, now, now comes we're going to find out how, how what separates the, 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 those that are mature and those that are immature. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleases the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Romans 12, 1 through, 3, 1 through 2 said, where Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable form of service. It's reasonable. He has made you a God. It's reasonable. Then what does he say? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. The Greek word metamorphosis, to be Change just like a moth to a but butterfly to be changed. You renew your mind through the word so that you can change. If there's no word time, no prayer time, you cannot change and you cannot change. So therefore, you are now under the bagel elements of the world, which God has already because of his birth in you has already freed you from. In the movie, Moses, she said, she could have freed many more if they had only realized that they were free. You must realize that you have been set free. So he says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renew of your mind. In that you will prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Get in the word, ladies and gentlemen. 
Get in prayer, ladies and gentlemen. Do the things that please God. Let your mind think on the things of God. The scripture says, think on the things that are pure and that are lovely. Think on those things because when you think on those things, then the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you. Don't let the things of the world just bombard your mind so much that you are unable to think of the things of God. That everything that runs through your mind is, oh, what is going on in the world? You should say, what does the word say? You know, sometimes we like to go to different counselors and hear different things and all that is all that's great. Some individual need that to bring because they've been down so far that you need to pull them up. But the thing is, if you don't get in the word and let the word wash you. No matter how many psychologists you go to, no how many uh, how many things that you take, no no matter how many experiences that you may have, no matter all that, the word is what washes, the word is what cleanses. The final authority in your life must be the word. Must be. Because if it's not the word, you will fade. If it's not the word, the, 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 the things of this world will just overtake you. But the word is the most important thing. Verse 7 of Romans 8 says, for the sinful nature was always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under their sinful nature can never please God. No matter how much you say you like God, you know God, but if you're still under the sinful nature, no matter what you do, will never please God because his word says your righteousness before me is as filthy rags. But then he said, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet. Though your sins be as scarlet. He said, I'll make him white. You have to come to him. You have to give your heart to him. It says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God will raise him up there, you shall be. But you have to confess and believe. And after you confess and believe, then your conduct will then show what you have believed. But if your conduct doesn't exhibit the character of God, we question whether or not you really believe. We question whether or not you're really born again, that you really have the Spirit of God in you. Because John in 1 John says, we know you are not of us because if you were of us, you would have stayed. But now you've left. And, this was all, and he was talking about Christians now. He's talking about Christians. We thought you, you, we thought you were with us. But because of you leaving, we know you weren't with us in the first place. All right, let's continue. Verse 9. But you are not, 
Be, but you are not controlled by sin, your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. At all. You don't, be, you don't belong to Him. And Christ lives within you even so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, therefore, dear, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. You have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by the dic- by its dictates you will die but if you but if you but if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature you will live when it says put to death the deeds is a greek word practice praxis which is for practice those are things that you are practicing. What are you practicing? Practicing on a day-to-day basis. What are you doing on a day-to-day basis? Is it what God wants you to do? Is your, are you being controlled by the Spirit? Or you are just allowing yourself to be sucked under by the urges of the flesh? You have the Spirit of God in you. Therefore, you can do this. You can do this, but the problem lies in the mind. Renew your mind through the word, because as you continuously renew your mind to the word, those things and urges of the flesh begins to leave. But if you don't, you will continue to practice those things that is of the flesh and you will continue to sin and you'll use use the statement that so many people use. God is still working on me. There's a time that comes that God must finish working on you because if God keeps working on you for 20 years, God has no power then. You have the power. 20 years and you're doing the same thing and you're saying God is working on you. I think God already stopped because you know that your heart is not willing. And your heart must be willing. Because if it's not willing, no matter how much power God has put on your behalf, how much power God pours into you, if you're not willing, you will not change. You will not change. This, we are still talking about the supernatural. Still the supernatural. Now, verse 14 says, For all, for all who are led by the Spirit of God, Oh, the sons are the children of God. We need more spirit-led Christians. We need more spirit-led Christians. 
So many Christians are being led, being, being led by the urges of their sinful flesh because their minds are not renewed to the word. And then they say, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because you have not worked the system that he has provided. He has provided a system for you to work so that you can walk as he would be walking in the earth. You will walk as Jesus walked. That's what walking in the supernatural is about. Walking the way that Jesus walked. Read what Jesus did. And he said, if Jesus can do it, I can do it. Because he said you can. What did he say to, to, to Paul, to Peter? Greater works. Greater works. If he said greater works, that means we can do greater works. And he walked in the supernatural every day. And he said to you, greater works than you do. Why? Because he goes to, he went to the Father, and as him going to the Father, then he releases his power, and he releases the blood so that you can be changed and be born again, so that you can become his son, that be able to do exactly what your brother Jesus has done in the earth. This takes quality time with him and a made-up mind. A made-up mind. Galatians 5, 16 through 18 says, But I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. For the, for the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that please you. But if you are led by the Spirit, you do not walk, you do not un, you are not under the law. He starts off by saying, walk in the Spirit. He ends by saying, being led by the Spirit. So Colossians 2, 6 and 10 says. And now, just as we've accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow. You must continue to what? Follow. The King James Version says, you must continue to walk in him. Paul says, be imitators of God as me. Watch me. Watch me. He say, look at me. Look at the way I'm living. And if you look at the way I'm living, and I'm living according to the will, the plan, and purpose of God, to do his will, follow me as I follow Christ. Then it says in the seventh verse of Colossians 2, let your roots grow down into him. Let the roots of your heart grow down into him. It says, and let your lives be built in him. Roots go deep so that you can grow tall. Amen. If you look at a tree, a tree with a shallow root system does not grow very tall, needs it very strong. 
the biggest trees that you see out there, their roots go deep. And when the roots go deep, then it's able to spread. And with the spreading of the root comes the strength. And when the strength of the root is there, then the tree can grow up to be very, very, very tall and big and strong. Another question to you. How deep is your root system? That's an internal question. How deep are the root system in my life? Is it being led by the Spirit or controlled by your flesh? So we look at verse 7 again. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in truth. In the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thanksgiving. When the roots grow deep and you're built in him, your faith is strong in truth. It says, don't, then, then, then comes, oh, this, this part is so good. It says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsenses, nonsense, that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world. This world. How many things in this world are you captured by? Don't let foolish philosophies and nonsense, things that is not applicable to the word of God. They are nonsense. They make no sense. Make no sense in what area? To your spiritual growth in him. To the world, it might make a lot of sense. But what's important is your spiritual growth in him so that your root system go deep and you can go strong and your faith can grow strong. So now. He says in ninth verse. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God. In human form. In Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human form. So you also. Now he's talking about you. So you also are complete. Through your union with Christ. Who is the head of every. Every. Ruler and authority. If he is the head of every ruler and authority. And we are the children of God with God's DNA. What does that make us? We have the authority over every ruler and authority. In the spiritual realm, we have the authority. We have the authority. 
you have the authority. You have the authority. You have the authority. You just need to know that you have the authority. First John 2, 4 through 6 says, If anyone claims I have come to know God by experience yet doesn't keep his commandments. Those are those Christians that just are for mouth. They just talk. But they don't keep the commandments. He is a phony. He's a phony. When you see a Christian that say they're a Christian, but don't keep the word of God, the scripture says they're a phony. And you can say, according to the scripture, you're a phony. I didn't say that in myself. I'm doing what the word says. I'm reading what the word says. The word says you're a phony. Now comes, you now, now have to prove that you're not a phony. First you have to do is obey his commandments. And if you're not obeying his commandments, you're a phony. It's just for words. He said, and the, and the truth finds no place in him. But the love of God will be perfected within the one who obeys the word. The, the word, their word is the logos, which means the written word. You have a lot of people that are spiritual, but don't obey the written word. You are a phony if you are spiritual and don't obey the written word. The written word is your safeguard against all things. Everything we say, what does the word say? What does the word say? What does the word say? Because we know in the word is the final authority. We can be sure that we have truly come to live in intimacy with God, not by just saying, I am intimate with God, but by walking in the What's that next word? The footsteps. The footsteps of God. Where your real supernatural power lies is walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. If you're not walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, you have no supernatural power of God working in you. That's the only way it comes about. It says that you have to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. So then we come to the question, and we've been saying it all along, what is the supernatural? The word supernatural is not found in the Bible. Why? Because it's Latin, and Latin came after Greek. So you wouldn't find that word in, in, in there, it's the word supernatural. There, there are some translation of the, of the Bible that puts the word supernatural, but it's not, it's not in there as the word supernatural. And it says, we only see demonstration of God's power. Of his power. What we need to show the enemy is a demonstration of God's power in us and through us. Because now it says, therefore, 
the supernatural is a demonstration of God's natural divine ability with which each member of the body of Christ is commanded to walk in. So it goes to my early statement. Everyone here that accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and is walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, walk in the supernatural. Because you are able to speak the word of God. And in speaking the word of God, God demonstrates his power in your life. Many Christians today don't speak the word of God. They speak the problem. They speak wordly solution, not the word. And when you begin to speak the word, they will look at you funny. But if, if the word says it, it is settled in me, and that's what I will speak and declare because I know God is a God that never fails, and his word never fails. If his word never fails, it will not fail in me because he doesn't fail. Superman is Superman. Whether he's dressed as Clark Kent with glasses or the man of steel with his cape. Do you think when you watch a movie Superman, he puts on the glass and his glasses, and to me, I just can't figure out how no one can recognize that's him with just glasses. <laughs> you know, maybe he has additional superpowers that blinds their mind, their, their eyes, so they can't really tell. That just to put on the glasses, you're totally different. Even though you act like a wimp, you're still the same person. But, 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 but my, my statement is that no matter if he's Clark Kent or acting with his cape as Superman, he still has those abilities. Those abilities never thought. Why? Because it's DNA. The DNA that's in him from when he came from Krypton back to, into this earth gave him that, those superpowers. It's in him even when he was a baby when he came. When he was a child growing up, if you watch the, if you watch the, the series Smallville, when he's a child growing up, not understanding about these different things that's going on in his body and what he can see, what he can do, and then till he became mature, and then he became Superman. Superman to others, but to him, he's just a man. Just a man. Just a man. But to you, when I demonstrate the power of Almighty God that resides in me, I am a superman because I am a God in this earth. Not to Lord over you, but to Lord over the works of the enemy. And just another interesting point when I was looking at it, um, um, Clark Kent's name from his, his Krypton was Kal-El. Kal-El and the L is a Hebrew word for God. So he was a God from the beginning. You are a God once you accept Christ because now you are born of him. When, we, when you strip away the power of God, his authority, ability, and dominion, which is a supernatural, from the church, we are left with a social club having a watered-down gospel demonstrates nothing of the divine. And we see that all throughout. Churches 
shout and make noise, but there is no demonstration of the power of God. And when there's no demonstration of the power of God, the enemy can come in and just do what he wants because you have not demonstrated your power. You cannot, you cannot spoil a strong man. You cannot. But if you're weak, you're fair game. But we're not weak. We are strong. We are strong. We are strong in him. Now, we're going to look at something. Uh, Jamal, I'm going to skip some scriptures. I'm going to go to Mark 16. Mark 16, 15 through 20. Now, I'll just go over some things. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see what how he walked, how he, de- how he demonstrated the power of God. When, when his disciples, when they were walking and he saw the fig tree and he cursed the fig tree and it's, the scripture says, and his, his disciple heard and then he came back the next day and says, oh, look, look, t- the fig tree. And what did he say? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. When you have faith in God and you speak, and that's when he said, you can speak to the mountain and say, move from here to there. And well, if you believe, That's the power of God that's resident in you today. That's the power of God that he has given to you today. But you must know who you are to walk in that supernatural power. So from today, no one here will be a wimp. Everyone here will say, I am a God in this earth because God has made me so because I'm an heir of God and I've accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And because I have done that, he has grafted me into his family and his family are God. Mark 16, 15 through 20. Then Jesus told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, and anyone who refuses to believe will be damned. Then he said, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? So he said, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They shall what? Cast out demons in his name. They will speak with new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes and with safety. And if they drink any, anything poisonous, it would not hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Walking in the supernatural becomes natural for you. Then it says... In the 20th verse. No, let's, 19th verse. And when the Lord had finished talking to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of God. And then it says in the 20th verse, and the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they say they said with many, many miraculous signs. Yesterday I said, and I'll say it here today again, 
after Jesus said these signs to follow them that believe, that was to Jesus what we look to call today a drop the mic moment. He dropped the mic. He said, this is what you will be if you, if you believe in me. You will lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. You shall cast out demons. You will speak with new tongues. And then he said, after he said, after he said these things, he went up and sat at the Father's right hand, saying, now, you do it. And the early church knew the power that was given to them because they, said they went out and did many miraculous deeds. Now you know who you are. In Christ, you can say to anybody, according to the word of God, I am a God in this earth. And don't feel shameful about it because that's what the word says. And God will back it up. Why will he back it up? Because we're going to look at Romans 8 and 19. He will back it up in this way. It says the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. King James Version said it's this way, the, the earnest, for the earnest expectation of the, create, of the creatures waited for the manifestations of the sons of God. Even the earth today is waiting for you and I to stand up and be what we want, we, we need to be. The, the, the word there, uh, manifestation, is the same word that's for revelation. You know your Greek, huh? <laughs> it's the same word for revelation. So the revelation that the earth is waiting for, the revealing that he's waiting for, is for you and I to stand up and be what God has made us to be, what Jesus came into the earth to do for us and to show us how it is done. It is done by spending time, quality, and quantity time. Because we read that there are many times Jesus went to the mountain and he prayed. And some say he prayed all night, which meant he just didn't do a five minute. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and go back down. No, he spent time. I told him yesterday. Just as an informational purpose. That the last fast that we did for, for the month of um, September, we had that week of prayer and fasting. That for that week. I spent 80, 80 hours praying in tongues. But you know something? That means nothing now because I still, every day, that's the past. Every day I have to seek God. Every day I have to seek his face. Every day I have to look to him. Every day I have to call to him so that he can show me what I need to do for the day. What did Jesus say? Give us this day. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day what we definitely need for today so that we can walk today. In the authority that he has given to us. So ladies and gentlemen, as I close, you have been made a God in the earth. Don't let anyone talk you out of who you are in God. Because what he has made you, he wants you to walk in because you're an heir of God. You are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And as he is, so are we in this world. Stand on your feet.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord God, we honor, we praise, we glorify your name. Lift up your hands and give the Lord glory today for who he has made us, for what, who we are in him. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you that we from today will walk in the supernatural power that you've given us because you have what you have made us, oh Lord God. And we thank you, Father, because of your word. We thank you, Father, that your word has efficacy, that your word has power, that your word, oh Lord God, will do what you said it will do. And we thank you today, Father, because you are Lord and you are God. There is none like you. Glory, honor, and praise to the most high God. He's great and greatly to be honored and praised.